expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films, and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Here we are, episode 46 of Down and Nerdy, where I'm proud to announce that Nick and I have just been cast as the Olsen twins in the Full House reboot. Yes, we have. Yes. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited, excited, too. I just so, think it's nice that they thought we looked that much alike. Well, that, I mean, I wonder now, are they going to, like, CGI my right arm, or are they going to put, like, one of those green sleeves over and make it look like you're missing one as well? I can tell you right now, I'm not cutting mine off. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, once again, I'm James Witham alongside... The Merc with one arm, Nick Pataglia. And, hey, if they're not twins in the Fantastic Four reboot, we don't have to be twins either. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about the Fantastic Four trailer coming up, but also we're going to tackle freemium gaming and our main topic this week. So I just watched that South Park episode, by the way. Yeah, I watched it last night as well. And so we'll, it, it's marvelous. Oh, it's very marvelous. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Now, this is usually the part where Nick and I, we talk about our weekends. But I think it's it's almost like we've got so much to talk about <laughs> other than that. Well, before we get to our big news that people have been guessing about, let's start off on Friday with last week's episode. And oh, where wow. that went. 200, almost 200 downloads. That's unbelievable. And and I'll, I'll be honest. I, I did not think that that was going to happen. Uh, I, I thought, obviously, we did a good show, just like I feel like we do every week. But uh, you guys' response to it has been incredible. And we just want to thank you so much. And we're going to include direct download links for all of our shows from now on. So look for those both on Facebook and on Twitter, where if you don't feel like streaming the show right away, you can click on the direct download link. You can download it under pretty much any device, I think. Yeah. And just play it wherever you, whenever you want. Yeah, no, it was very shocking. Like we had, you know, some good listenership uh, when it first came out, and then all of a sudden just exploded. Like we, in under 24 hours, we had over a hundred listens and downloads. I mean, it was just insane. And, and it's it's, and what, it's just so cool. Yeah, it wasn't even more insane is the fact that we're putting direct download links again on our Facebook and Twitter to previous shows, and those are like piling up like crazy. Yeah, I, if you've know, we're starting to do some Twitter exclusives now. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Down and Nerdy Seven Five Seven because we've started doing some exclusive download links. On Twitter, just randomly during the week, there's even some content. Uh, we broke some content late last night. There was a photo leaked of the trickster from the upcoming episode of The Flash. We tweeted that out late last night. It's going to be, I think we'll probably post it on our Facebook page a little bit later on today too, facebook.com slash down and nerdy. But keep watching for our Twitter page because we're starting to do some exclusives on there as well. Exactly. But I mean, so that kicked off and then... You know, the weekend was the weekend. I worked, you do whatever. But let's get to Monday. Let's get to our big news because I think that's what a lot of people are wondering about. Before we get to say what it is, I'll let you announce it, James. <laughs> I asked people on our Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy, and even on my own personal page, um, what do you think our big news is? So Clyde had the greatest line, I think, ever. Oh, definitely. He said, you found a way to regrow your arm, but it's transformed you into a feral lizard creature. 
<laughs> and I just, I just, I, I laughed at that so hard, and I was like, "He gets us, does he?" He really does. He just gets us. Yes, and of course, you don't remember Clyde. Clyde is the guy who at our Tidewater Comic Con show uh, actually had the big debate with Green Arrow. Yeah, uh, that that's epic. If you haven't gone back and listened to that yet, I, I believe it's in part one. Yeah, it's part, part one. Oh gosh, it's it's gold, man. Um, so then Ivy said, "You've removed Call of Duty from your Xbox. Put in something new." And then I said, no, I said, I have a PS3. And then he immediately replied with, oh, my, my changing of the game pun just, uh, it fell flat. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, you got to learn from me when it comes to the puns. I'm the pun master. And maybe I should teach a class. You should. I'll teach a pun class at a local community college. <laughs> yes. Uh, Alex said, is that Godzilla Easter egg, is that Godzilla egg from 1998 finally going to hatch? God, we hope not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no although not although hatch. you've been sitting on it for this long, I mean, it's only a matter of time before it hatches. Well, yeah, I know. You never know. And then, of course, our angry fat guy Cody said, you're interviewing Kim Jong-un. Ooh. I don't know. That uh, that might be bad for us. They might, you know, tell us that we can't post our shows anymore, and then two weeks later <laughs> we'll post them and make a lot of money. Yeah, and, well, I mean, he is a big Wonder Woman fan. so Yes, I mean. he is. And I'm sure he's got the skirt to prove it. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, James, I will let you announce what our big reveal, our big news is. It is a game changer. It is, and and um, it's it's a big deal, and it's and it's personal for us because we're just so glad that in under a year we've been able to get to this point. And we've been talking. You've heard us talk about our 50th episode, which is going to be happening the week of February the 23rd. And we keep telling you we got something big, we got something big, and you're thinking, okay, do these guys really have something big, or are they just yanking our chain? Well, we're going to announce it for you right now. On February the 25th, which is a Wednesday, at 7 o'clock, we will have yet another live broadcast. This time, it will be from Dave and Buster's Virginia Beach at the Lynn Haven Mall. Our 50th episode broadcast will be The Great Nerd Debate. No, it's very exciting to have, you know, in under a year we've had, you know, now two partnerships. We've, of course, got Bob over Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach, and now Dave and & Buster's. And so it's really fun. Again, thank you to everybody there for believing in us and saying, hey, we want to work with these guys. Again, the Great Nerd Debate is going to go down. We also have some plans we're going to do. We're going to have some prizes as well. Um, and it's just more is going to be coming out in the coming weeks. And, uh, again, that's our big news. So if we announced that, uh, we struck a partnership with, uh, Dave and Buster's in Virginia beach and it's really, really awesome. I'm really, really excited for it. And not only that, but we're actually going to be giving away some $20 gaming cards on the show yep. and keep watching our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down and nerdy at down and nerdy seven, five, seven on Twitter for a ton of opportunities to win some $20 gaming cards, uh, from Dave and Buster's. So yeah, we're going to be giving that stuff away and we'll find unique ways to do it uh, here and there. And, you know, as I'm sure as soon as next week's show, we will uh, we'll start giving away some of those $20 gaming cards. But again, like you said, I just want to thank Sam and the people at Dave and Buster's of Virginia Beach. It's a great place. I mean, my wife and I had dinner there that night. We didn't even get a chance to play any games, but we, we <laughs> just had dinner there. I will say this right now, and I'm not even kidding, and my New England folks will probably kill me for this but i'm i'm not it's totally legit they have the best cheesesteak in the south really period it actually tastes like you got it for and they import the stuff from philly so it actually tastes like 
home for me. Being, I'm, I'm originally from up north, so it actually, that's what it tastes like to me. They did such a great job, and I'll go there for a cheesesteak before I'll go anywhere else in Virginia Beach, I can tell you that right now. Yeah, the thing is, too, is, like, I love like, their chicken tenders. Their chicken tenders are amazing. Oh, like, God, yes. Like, well, there's a place in Syracuse called Tully's, and they're amazing. Like, their chicken's just out of this world. But with Dan Bus, it's just, you know, you get that taste, and it's a lot of chicken in there. It's really good. And plus, you know, I went there the other day, uh, you know, to watch some sports. I just sat at the bar and just got a couple drinks, and it was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was – played a couple games afterwards. And that's the thing is, is it, in this day and age – you know, when we talk about the arcades and everything else, and they've kind of gone away. But the fact mm-hmm. that something like Dave and Buster's exists is really awesome. Like, the yeah. fact that you can kind of go and get the tickets and play the games and everything oh, yeah. else. And what's cool is they actually still have a couple of really old arcade games. Like, I think they have the original Mario Brothers. Not Super Mario Brothers. No. Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers. And they have the uh, Galaga-Pac-Man combo. Yeah, so, I mean, they still have some of the cl- a few of the classic games as well as some of the new ones. And we actually have some inside info on a game that's going to be coming in March. We can't talk about it. Nope. But we will be talking about it. When they let us. And when they tell yes. us it's okay, we'll let you know what it is. And we've got something cooking with that as well. So brand new games coming to Div and Busters all the time. Of course, they've got the Batman game. They've still got the Transformers game. A ton of cool nerd stuff that you can get in a little prize room with your tickets. They've got all kinds of cool nerd stuff in there. So, Including a PS4 and an Xbox One. Yeah, so I say we all pool our tickets together and yep. just do it. Yeah. But um, we are going to be there for the Great Nerd Debate again, February 25th at 7 o'clock. That is a Wednesday. We'll have an event page up on the Facebook page. But I want to make a personal invitation right now. I want to invite Clyde to be a part of the Great Nerd Debate yes. right here on the show. Clyde, I know you're listening. You're passionate about Green Arrow. We're going to have three different topics that Nick and I are going to pick, and we'll bring Cody in on this too. And one of them will be somehow Green Arrow related, and we want Clyde to be one of the ones that you have to debate. So, Clyde, if you're up to it, message us on the page. We'd love to have you be one of the debaters. And as a matter of fact, I forgot to even talk about this. As part of Nerd News, because we're going to be doing our regular show as well. Yep. From Dave and Buster's. As part of Nerd News, we're going to bring in the Grand Poobah of Tidewater Comic Con. Mike Federale is going to come in and give us an update on all things Tidewater Comic Con, guests that they might be having, you know, all the information on VIP tickets and exclusives that they're going to have. So it'll either be during Nerd News or Geek Tainment. We haven't decided yet, but we are happy to have Mike Federale back on the show. Exactly. So it's awesome. Again, we got the great venue at Dave & Buster's. Open invitation. Anybody wants to come, we're going to have prizes. We're going to have a lot of stuff there. Mike Federale is going to be there. We have a couple of contests where I got some ideas for, and we're going to bounce those around and just see how we can work those out. But again, that's our big news this week that we've been teasing this week is that we, again, for people who need a, need a refresher because you just fell off your fucking chair because this uh, announcement just knocked you off your ass. February 25th, down and nerdy 50th episode live at Dave and Buster's in Virginia beach at the Lynn Haven mall, 7 PM. The doors are going to open and again, but while you're waiting, go play some games, get some food. Again, February 25th, it's a Wednesday. Be there. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Great Nerd Debate. We're going to have a regular show, a couple guests, and it's going to be a great a lot of fun. And I think that's half price gaming too on Wednesdays. Yep. So that'll even be, make you be able to play even more games and, and afford even more of the great food at Dave and Buster's. But that's our big announcement. That's what we did this weekend. All kinds of big stuff happening. But. We're going to keep the show on track. Coming up, a couple new comics. It's what we're reading next on Down and Nerdy. Well, it's that time, nerds and nerdettes, where we pull out those long boxes, get out the plastic, get out the boards, because it's time to tell you what we're reading this week. And James, I'll let you go first. All righty. So I decided to do some Marvel this week. 
Oh my God, really? And, yeah, I did. And I pulled out uh, Spider-Man and the X-Men number one. I know number two comes out this week. You can get yours at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach if you like. Quick thing, I actually read this too. Not, I'm, not, I'm not reviewing it this week, but I actually read it uh, when it came out. Okay, so here's the deal. The uh, It was written by Elliot Kalin, art by uh, Marco Falia, uh, colors by Ian Herring, and the letters were by Clayton Cowles. Now... I'm going to say this right off the jump. I'm not going to leave to any suspense. I really thought this was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, the gist of it is uh, Spider-Man was asked by a Wolverine to go to the Jean Grey school as a quote-unquote special counselor because he thinks that there's some sort of a mole inside the classroom. Now, the thing that turned me off immediately was right from the get, he's pretty much rejected by Everyone in the X-Men saying that he shouldn't be there, you know, yeah. from Storm to Beast in Phoenix, who says she's not Phoenix anymore, um, sh- just reject him saying, you know, because he's not a mutant and he doesn't understand their world, which is very it, Magneto of them. I don't understand well, that, but it's it's also like, wait a minute, you, you know who Peter Parker is, you know who Spider-Man is, you know the kind of shit he's gone through in his yeah. life. And technically, yeah, he was bitten by radioactive spider. Sure, he wasn't born with these powers, but still... He is like you. You should respect him. You know, don't be an asshole. And then, and then, when he does get to his classroom, which is full of a, bun- a bunch of rejects, it had a very Breakfast Club feel, which was funny because they actually made a joke about it. So apparently, that's what they were going for, and they decided to make fun of themselves. I don't know yeah. why you would do that. But speaking of jokes, man, were there a lot of jokes, and man, they did they flat. feel. Forced. It was just forced. And the whole thing with the students with the totes and the cray, it was very annoying. Yeah. I mean, so, and then he goes to, basically he's trying to teach them ethics and teamwork so they can fight together. So he brings them on this field trip to the museum to look at the dinosaurs as like a, hey, they didn't work together and look what happened to them kind of thing. So then, Which, they, is, which is kind of stupid because the dinosaurs um, had... Didn't have small, huge brains, and it was an asteroid that wiped them out. Yeah, so, it's I mean, not really like there's a whole lot that like, done. Well, yeah, it's not like, you know, the brontosaurus didn't, you know, he, he denied the, the plans or anything like that. You know, it's not like, or I'll put it this way. It's not like Disney's dinosaurs show where Earl Sinclair, you know, was the reason why the Earth, like, fell apart and everything else. The Pangea died off, you yeah, know? Yeah, kind of different story. So I, I don't understand why they decided to do that. And then they stumble upon a, a plot by the Dinosaur Man, who is Stegrin, and then uh, the Saurius, who is like a pterodactyl, and they want to bring reptiles back to power on Earth. <sighs> yada, yada, yada. They end up on some I'm, island. And, I'm sorry, but uh, I love dinosaurs, but those are literally, like, the worst kind of name and group for it feels like honestly they're ripped out of the pages of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it, it, it kind of does I mean and again it was pretty awful the whole thing I mean the art was okay the writing was very forced all over the place I kind of got the impression that this was almost written for a younger audience right well, when you, the thing was when I saw Spider-Man and the X-Men I'm like oh cool it's gonna be like him Grand Wolverine's quote unquote dead, but it's gonna be him, Storm, yeah, and that's what I thought too. And I'm like, oh God, this is not what I expected. And also, I'm sorry, Marvel, but here's the thing. I understand that you, you know you try to push this thing with like the new mutants and X-Men. We'll get to that later on in Nerd News, but the thing is, not a lot of people care about the students themselves when you talk no. about the X-Men. They care more about 
the actual X-Men. It's kind of like a Nightcrawler when you had kind of the students there as well. And at first I'm like, okay, I don't really care about these students. But then in a sense, they didn't make you care about them as the Nightcrawler series went on. It was kind of more, they gave them a little bit more of a to-do, like a role kind of a thing. Here it's like, they're just there. You know they what I'm are just kind of there. And they tried this already during the Infinity Arc. They had, I think it was called The Hunt, where it was basically, uh, it was a competition between all the different uh, mutant schools and all the training uh, places they were going to be in this competition. And they had a bunch of students coming together and the school was attacked. So the students decided to try and save the day kind of thing. So they tried this already and I didn't care about the students then. Why am I going to care about them now? It's just, it's basically like they were just putting Spidey's name on an X-Men book to try and sell comics. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, you know, and that's the thing with Spider-Man going back to what we said in the prior show. He, you know, basically Spider-Man where he came back, Peter Parker, that was the biggest sell for Marvel. So, of course, you put Spider-Man in anything, you're going to get people to read it pretty much. But the thing is, again, with this comic, it was, you know... It felt forced. It felt very kiddish. Um, I, w- I think that they, on purpose, did, uh, you know, put Spider-Man and the X-Men as a title. If it was like Spider-Man and the Youngsters or something like that, then that'd be totally different. But the fact is when you slap the X-Men name on it and it's not at all what right. it, the, the title in, you know is, then, you know, I'm sorry, but that's that's kind of a dick thing to do. If anything, they're in two pages. If yeah. that, I mean, that. it's just so, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. This is a big, big fat drop for me. This is one of my biggest disappointments I think I've ever read. Yeah, for me, it'll be a drop. But now it's time for me to go to my comic. Again, I didn't review Spider-Man and the X-Men this week. Um, I decided, I actually finished a series this week because this week was uh, Justice Inc. number six yeah. of six. And this is by Dynamite Comics. Uh, Michael Uslin as the writer, Giovanni Tapano did the art for it. Now, I reviewed number one weeks ago, and I loved it. This, by far, James, has been, I think, the best comic series I've read in a while. Wow. And, you, and so it's up there with Deadpool versus Carnage? Is that what you're saying? It's it's up there, if not better than Deadpool versus Carnage. Wow. That's, that's, that's a statement. Because well, cause when you take three famous characters, you take the Avenger, you take Doc Savage, and, of course, the Shadow, and you team them up, and you put them in this like, thing where, you know, as um, Sunlight, this guy called Sunlight, is trying to take over time. And Mokino, who is this voodoo doctor, is trying to take over the you know people and stuff. And uh, their plan is, you know, of course, destroy the Earth and then just rebuild it as you know with no war and everything else. Um, so again, it's a six of six. And I got to tell you something before you even open the comic. Two things. The reason why I say this is probably one of the best, the best series I've read in the wild because. Rarely have I ever picked up a series. Now, mind you, I was like four issues behind in this. So last night and then this morning, I caught up. From, I read issues three through six. And after, after every issue, I was like, I got to read the next one. I got to read the next one. Got to read the next one. You know, it's like marathoning on Netflix, but in with comic books, you know? That's that's how you know you've got a good series, because that's happened to me a couple times, too, where I'm reading, and I'm just like, I can't put this down. I've got to keep going. It's like, I, I look at the clock sometimes, it's 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, wait, no, i got to keep going. i, I got to find out what happens. Oh, yeah, I checked the clock my time, it was 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, you know, and it was like, 4.30 in the morning, I'm like, about to go to bed, I'm like, you know what? I want to read issue three, and then issue three went to issue four, issue four went to issue five, and this morning went to issue six and finished wow. it. 
You know, so again, now the plot, of course, revolves mostly around the Avenger because he's he finds out that somebody, you know, he, he he's on a plane pretty much, and he sees that somebody has killed his wife and his child, and so pretty much the last issue deals with it's the big finale, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Avenger finally becomes Benson. Finally becomes the Avenger. Now, people don't know who the Avenger is. His, ben, his name is Benson, and he, pretty much he has the ability to pretty much he's like a clay face. He can mold his bo- his face he's and, a and body. He's a shapeshifter. Yes, um, and the reason why wow, and it was cool how he was able to do that. Uh, it was kind of like the when he was thrown out of the plane, the impact did something to him, and then what happened was the. Uh, uh, the uh, not the tremors, but just the, the tensity and just the cold weather turned his skin white, and because of the shock, it lifts, it just pretty much transformed his body in a sense. Huh. And so this opens up on the big showdown where Sully Mokino they're selling Doc Savage's atomic bomb plants to Adolf Hitler, and it might just takes place in the 30s. And mind you, this wormhole is still open, so it's kind of a race against time in a sense, but. The thing was is that the, each character got his own time, his own panel. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like one character got left out or one character was featured more than the others. You know, again, a lot of this was mostly settled around. It started with Doc Savage, and then it kind of went as soon as the Avenger became the Avenger, it was settled more around him. And then Shadow, of course, played you know that 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 secondary role. But again, he still has enough panel time uh to 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 show what he can do so my favorite scene is when the avenger is surrounded by five of the killer's men and suddenly the lights go out and you see this red text saying you know of laughter and it's the shadow and he has this really badass line which is who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men and at the bottom of the panel is him dual wielding guns and shooting in the next panel all his the henchmen are dead wow the pros of this comic the art is phenomenal. It's consistent. The cover art is phenomenal. That's one of the two things I said before you start opening this. The cover art is just amazing. It looks like a bunch of variants, and, and, and it, it has that old-school look to it, which I love. You know, because these are classic characters, so, of course, you're, you're, the art is just amazing. Yeah, you want to try and keep it with the times of the character. That's a good decision. The showdown between Justice Inc. and Sunlight Makino was Awesome. Now, while the three do the part at the end, the comic, however, is launching the Avengers Justice League number one, which is coming out soon. That's going to be very cool. So, because at the end, it was kind of like Doc Savage and Shelley, okay, we're going to go separate ways. But, you know, hey, the Avenger, now remember, the Avenger, people don't know, he's not into killing. So, he uses rubber bullets. He shoots people in the head with rubber bullets and knocks them unconscious. You know, and... There was a line that says, you know, you should start your own thing, you know, because we can't, you know, Shadow's like, my thing is with this, and then Doc Savage is like, well, I'm a doctor, you know, I'm, I'm more of helping people, I'm not in the whole avenging kind of right. thing. So, and then the bottom of the final page says, you know, the Avengers Justice League number one coming out soon, so of course this is going to take off where the Avengers starting his own team, pretty much. And this is a definite buy, this is a definite pull for me. Um, the whole series is fantastic. Honestly, don't wait for the trade to come out. Buy the single issues because the covers are just that fucking amazing. It's funny because it's almost like we had it was the story of two comics for us, whereas mine was kind of fell very flat and also it wasn't exactly what you expected. Now, 
in yours, it was everybody got equal panel time. Everybody kind of worked together. You saw them together, and it wasn't a big letdown. I just think it's funny that the contrast that that this seems like it's everything that Spider-Man and the X-Men should have been. That's the thing. And with this comic, the way they, defi- they split the panels up is awesome. Like, they got every minute detail down because they went all aboard, and this was great for me. So, like I said, this is a definite pull – Go pick this up for me. Of course, James read Spider-Man versus the, Spider-Man and the X-Men, and that's a drop for him. By the way, this is probably the first drop for you in a while, actually. It has been a while, and I don't like being critical like that, but, I mean, i got to be honest with, with our listeners. I mean, I don't want you to waste your money on a comic that's just, to me, is just not good. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of something else that might not be good, it's something that a lot of people have been talking bad about, the Fantastic Four. We're going to be discussing the trailer and this week in Geektainment coming up next on Down and Nerdy. Well, somebody once said, get your popcorn ready, and I think you're going to need it for this week in Geektainment because we finally have the initial installment, the first Fantastic Four reboot trailer, and Nick, I'm going to let you just start us off here. Okay, so, of course, we know this movie's directed by Josh Trank, and it's going to be released this summer. Now, when I watched this trailer for the first time, and I woke up, I saw it was released, I'm not going to lie. I, it gave me hope. <laughs> so even after all the things we've heard, you're like, you know what? Maybe. Just well, maybe. Here's the thing, though. There's a catch. I watched this four more times. And each time, I'm like, well, okay, well, why am I excited about it? Like, what about it? And I'm like, and I just, I'm like, okay, let me listen to it without the, the music, without the volume. Okay. And I realized the reason why I got so hopeful about it was because it was shot beautifully, and it's not the first person that people said it was going to be. Right. We, you know, I, I even said on the show, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be, you know, knowing Trank, and he wants to probably shoot it like first person. Or like Chronicle um, was, right? Yeah. Uh, shaky cam. But then I'm like, and then I'm watching it, and I'm like, well, it's the music that gets you pulled into it. When you listen without the music, it's not as engaging, really. Um, I understand people are going to say, well, you got to what's the point of watching a trailer? Well, the thing is, when you take certain elements out of a trailer, it makes it not, you know, exciting. So then I watched it again with the sound. And then I remembered this quote by Kate Mara after I watched it. I've never been a fan of comics. I've never actually read one. I was going to for this movie, but the director said it wasn't necessary. Well, actually, he told us that we shouldn't do it because the plot won't be based on any history of anything already published. So I chose to follow his instructions. The one fact is I'm not a fan of comic book movies. Or one fact is I'm a fan of comic book movies, so it's very exciting to be part of a movie like this. Then I remember that quote, and I said, fuck this movie. You know, it, it, it's a shame because what it looked like to me, and I think that your point about the, the sound is very is very valid. Because, I mean, take the Avengers Age of Ultron trailer, for example. That whole no strings thing, it it lent something to that trailer. The trailer was awesome anyway, but that being a part of it also kicked it up another level. For this, I think you're right. I think it gave you that kind of, that edgy on the the edge of your seat kind of feel. And then when you step back and you watch it again, you go, wait a minute. This just looks like a regular, everyday sci-fi movie. Yes, and I'm like, it just happens to have the Fantastic Four in it, and and that's my problem with it, is that, listen, I understand it's the Ultimate Universe. I understand that in the Ultimate Universe, the way they get their powers is by, they showed in the trailer, travel to another dimension, and that's how they get their powers. Which is fine. Yeah, 
But the fact of the matter is, after that, though, after the original origin, it, it, what you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's kind of like, there hasn't really been, I mean, granted, we haven't seen it. Um, but still, it's just the idea of, well, it, again, as you said, it looks like a, just another sci-fi thing. And I'm like, it's kind of like my watching Interstellar trailer. I'm like, oh, it looks beautiful. But I didn't see Interstellar. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. it, it didn't make me go out and have to, I gotta go see this movie. And it's just like, say what you will about the casting and everything else. It's just, I think it's just the fact that they're, they're the good. When, when Kate Mara said, we're neglecting the source material, and she said, I wanted to read it, but I was told not to. And then, of course, her publicist said, oh, what she said was, it's not going to be one of a, you know, any certain uh, comic. But when she says, he told us that we shouldn't do it because the plot will be based on any history of anything already published, that's, I'm sorry, publicist, but you're fucking wrong here. Like, I'm going to trust the actress who actually has probably seen this, most likely has seen the script instead right. of you. You know, it's... Not to mention, she said that in the heat of the moment. Yes. She said it without thinking about it. So that's usually when the truth comes out. And that, I think, is going to be the truth. Yes. Now, granted, I, I've never been a fan of the Ultimate Universe in, in any respect. None of it. But, and, and you know, that isn't necessarily what stops me. What stops me is is that there seems to be no regard for the source material. I'm not saying that you have to... T okay, pick a Fantastic Four story out, let's do this one, and then I'll move along. I have no problem with them trying to do something different, but it's what you said, saying that the source material doesn't matter. It matters if you're going to put the Fantastic Four name on this, which is one of the most historic names in comics, Period. I Mar don't care what anybody says. They're Marvel's first family. So when you have something like this, you have to, like I said, and that's the thing, is I watched the trailer, I watched it again last night, and I'm like, again, it gets that, you, give, you get that kind of feeling, and I think that that's what's going to be the problem with this, why people I think are still going to go see it, because people are going to say, oh, it was so beautifully shot, whatever. That doesn't make it a good movie. Like, No, it doesn't. It, just it, makes it visually it, striking. Exactly, and that's, I think, the problem, is that, and that's what it's got, and it's really hooked people because of that visual style. And but again, it's like I said, you know, am I going to see it? Are we going to see it? I don't know. It's, I'm on the fence. You know, I, I mean, most. I, mean, I know I said fuck this movie, but again, we do the show, so right. are we going to? It comes down to are we going to be reviewing it? I think we have to. So I think we do Here's have to go see this. Here's the deal. We say all the time uh, when we want people to calm down that it's just a trailer. So we, I, I think that we can both say, hey, it's just a trailer. Right. So far, it seems like kind of what we expected, but, you know, maybe we'll just give this a chance. I think we will review it for the show, um, but that doesn't mean... Now, once it's out and once we see it, all bets are off. Right. Like, tr like Transformers Age of Extinction. I was the first one to say, you know what? Let's give it a chance. You never know. Dinobots are in it. It could be good. I saw the movie and I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to rip it to shreds, which I don't typically do when we do these kind of things. So right now, my mind hasn't been changed in the slightest. Yeah. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. Like my, my thing with this trailer is, like I said, you know, you get that point where like, you get that hope in it. But then again, you remember what she said. And I'm so, like I said, you know, even though the posters came out and, and denied, oh, she meant this thing. I'm sorry. But when you say... I was going to read the comics, even though I'm not a comic fan, but the director said it wasn't necessary. That right there, to me, strikes volumes. You know? Yeah, 
It says a lot because, like I said, you've got to, you don't have to pick a story. Like, I think if Batman versus Superman ended up being an original story some to, to some point, I think people would be okay with that. I know I'd be okay with that, but here's the deal. If it's still going to honor the source material, you're still going to have the, you know, the true origin of Batman. Not that, again, not that we need it, but we're still going to get that uh, part of it in the movie. But if you want to do something original, that's fine. But to just say, the source material has nothing to do with it. I think is a huge mistake. Right, and the thing is, like you know, you go, look at you look at it, like the suits as well. Okay, why does Giant Storm have vents on his suit? Like it's like oh, in case he has to blow off steam or like that. It's like, uh, what purpose will the vents serve when he says flame on, you know, or whatever? You know, yeah. it, it's like it, they won't serve a purpose, and that's the thing. It's like, and also that I remember they're going to treat the powers as disabilities, you know, and. I remember people remember I read a video over the summer about that, and it's just like, man, no, you know what I'm saying? And hey, I mean, if you if the movie ends up being bad and you want to go, you know, you want to be true to the Fantastic Four, there's always, you know, you can always go to Bob at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach and pick up some Fantastic Four comics. And if you don't know the history, do that anyway, so you can understand what the heck we're talking about, so you don't think we're just complaining for no reason. I'm, I know we've we've trashed this movie a lot. I know we have. But there is a sliver of me that is hopeful that says, you know, please just be good. But then you're seeing this and then you go back to the quotes I just said. Right. And then you go to everything they're doing. I'm sorry, but it's just – I mean we'll see it when it comes to theaters, but it's just I can't get excited about it. It was very meh. You know what I'm saying? I think that one thing we have to remember here is that visually striking does not a good movie make. I think yeah. that based on what we saw – Visually, this movie is going to be pretty striking, but at the same time, when you get down to the story, which is to really the most important part of it, I'm not sure they're going to be on the right track here. And the final thing I'm going to say before we go to nerd news is the tone of this film. Fantastic Four, listen, I understand that the Tim Story you know, uh, films are very campy and everything else, but that's kind of what the Fantastic Four are. They're lighthearted, you know what I'm saying? Like They had their times and their struggles, but they weren't dark as this trailer made it look. You know what I'm saying? I mean, granted, when we go see the movie, right. it could be a totally different tone or whatever like that. But again, it's just, for everything you read about, you know, what Kate Mara said or everything else, I'm sorry. I just, I can't get excited about this. But I will see it in theaters just because, like I said, we're going to be reviewing it for the show. But I'm not going to be one of those guys that goes in saying, fuck this movie. I mean, I have an open mind. Because it's been done That's before. That's what I try to do, yeah. It's been done before. I've gone in with... You know, uh, an open mind or whatever, like that, or, or I go in and say, you know, this movie's just not gonna be good. And I come out saying, you know what, it's not as bad as I thought it was, or whatever. So, right. who knows? But again, that's gonna do it for this week in Geektainment. When we think of the Fantastic Four trail up next, it's Nerd News when we're talking Ghostbusters, so stay tuned. Well, it's that time again, boys and girls, nerd and nerds, we go around the interwebs and find out what's trending. What time is it, James? Nerd News! And the first off, the biggest story that broke this week was, of course, Ghostbusters 3 has been cast. Paul Feig has decided to go with Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, Kate McKinnon have been cast. And also there's a rumor that um, Peter Dinklage might be the villain. Ooh. So, James... Go. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. I have no problem with two out of the four. The two being Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Kristen Wiig, I don't really have a problem with her. I don't think she's as great as everybody says she is. Now, Melissa McCarthy, I got a big problem with her. And I know there's a lot of people that love her, and you might hate me for this, but I'm going to speak my mind because that's what we do on this show. 
she plays the same character in every movie. She plays the fat girl that does the I'm fat and I can't do certain things kind of role. And, you know, it's the Pratt Falls and stuff like that. And it's just not funny to me. I don't get why it is so why she's seen as so fantastic because she's a little rough and she's a, a larger woman. And I got to tell you, I think that it's a little insulting to women that that are, you know, a little heavier because I think all women are beautiful. First of all, it doesn't matter what size you are, you're beautiful. You just you need to know that about yourselves. Size really does not matter. And to see her go out there and do this you know, kind of stereotypical stuff, I find it insulting a little bit. Maybe I'm taking it too far, but all I know is when I was growing up, I never saw John Candy do this. John Candy was always a really big guy, super talented, super funny guy. Kids, if you don't know who John Candy is, Google him, IMDB, go to Netflix, do whatever you got to do, but see his movies because they're hilarious. He never went there. And I don't understand why that's kind of all Melissa McCarthy McCarthy does to me. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm well, looking at it wrong. The thing is, Melissa McCarthy, I compare her more to Chris Farley. Um, and but the thing was with, with not you know, is has nothing to do with gender. But the way that when Farley you look at movies like Black Sheep and Tommy Boy, he wasn't really. I mean, there was times yes where he fell down, but a lot of stuff was more like him being lifted up by something or whatever. It was, it was him small. being a lunatic. Yeah. That's what yeah. Chris Farley's thing was. He was, I mean, the whole, you know, fat guy in a little coat thing from uh, Tommy Boy. Yeah. That was funny. But yeah. he never really went there. It wasn't a crutch for him. I just no. feel like for Melissa McCarthy, that's her crutch. But, and that's the thing, is like, you see the, the trailer that she's in coming up with in some spy movie or whatever, where, of course, one of the final things is her falling over on the moped. It's like, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, and the sad thing is, is that I think she's, she's, she can do more than that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not saying that, I think she sucks. I just think that she's better than that, but that's all she does. Right. And the thing is, again, you know, I, I, I guess it's Paul Feig. So, I mean, you know, she's been in every movie he does pretty much. So, of course, you're going to have her with there. But, right. again, that could have been, I think, some other person that might have been better casting for it. Kristen Wiig, again, I liked her in, like, Adventureland and stuff like that. But there's certain roles where it's like, uh, at least she's expanded herself though, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's has expanded herself a little bit. But I love Leslie Jones. I love Kate McKinnon. Uh, Leslie Jones was oh my god, freaking hilarious. Um, you know, I think Kate McKinnon is hugely under- underrated. Yeah, same. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you look at this casting. The two I don't agree with are, of course, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig. Now I would, I, I know you need to get the bigger names in there. But with Melissa McCarthy, like, I could say, like, why not like an Amy Schumer? Or uh, you know some other com- female comedian. I think I think Whitney Cummings even. I mean, not a lot of people yeah. like her, but she's edgy and she's funny. Yeah. So I mean that that would even. I mean, there's a ton of female comedians that would have been great options here. I just uh, I mean Paul Fig. I mean I respect the dude, but branch out a little, man. I mean, come on, go outside your comfort zone a little bit. There are other talented women out there that you could have right. chosen. And here, and here's the other thing. I mean, I understand the whole needing the names thing, and, and plenty of people have said that when I've complained about this. It's Ghostbusters. Right. Ghostbusters is a name, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. 
They had to, they didn't go get a name for that really. Well, God, well, I'll, I'll, I'll intervene there. Guardians of the Galaxy at the time wasn't as big as a name as Ghostbusters. But that's my point. That's exactly my point. It was a less known entity. They didn't really go get a name. Yeah, Chris Pratt's kind of a name was kind of a name when they got him, but not a big name. And they didn't get really a huge name for that. And it was an unknown entity. And that worked out really. And I granted, I know it's Marvel, but still, Ghostbusters has a reputation all of its own. They shouldn't have to go get, well, I would say two big names, because everybody knows who Kristen Wiig is. Right. Now, Leslie Jones, is she the girl from Orange is the New Black? No, she's not. She's from SNL. Oh, okay. See, I don't really watch that much SNL. I do know Kate McKinnon, but I don't, I don't really know, um, I don't know she was also Leslie SNL. Jones is also, if you've seen Chris Rock's Top 5, she was in that as well. She was just fucking hilarious. She, That's what I know her from. Okay. I knew yeah. it was from something. She was from the Top, from top 5. Now, here's the thing about Leslie Jones. She's 47, and she got her first major blockbuster role. Congrats to her on that. That's yeah, fucking good awesome. stuff. I mean, it, sometimes it takes a while, but, it, you know, this is the kind of stuff where you can break through. And who knows? Maybe she steals the show. Yeah, I don't know. the thing is like this, and we want to go on record and say, we're not against all ghost, female Ghostbusters. No, I actually think it's a good idea. It's just that the fact of going with Melissa McCarthy, you know what you're going to get, and it's just like, oh, come on. Like they could have been, I think there could have been other women that you could have gone with. Um, I think it's going to take away from – it could be potentially what makes the movie not good because I think it's going to take away from now, the actual plot of the movie yeah. because they're going to do things in this movie specifically to f- suit her comedic style. Now, here's the thing. Now, there, I do have some character descriptions that were leaked out, but apparently uh, they were taken down uh, after this stuff came out. So there's four – of course, four women in here. There's Aaron Gabler – who is an academic on tenure track at Columbia. Her former colleague and co-author is Abby Bergman, who's more of the pop parapsychology side of things and pursues ghosts for a living. So there's, basically, there's your Venkman, there's your Spangler. Why well, wouldn't go? I wouldn't go Venkman. I would go Ray. I think Abby's you think Ray. Be, I think Ray. Well, remember how how uh, Aykroyd was pop parapsychology. Side. Okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. Okay. Go on. Uh, Jillian is going to be Abby's ghost hunting partner. That's I think going to be the Venkman. Um, and then Patty is going to be the MTA employee who comes across the main ghost, who is rumored, of course, to be Pierre Dinklage. I think that's a very interesting casting. I, th- yeah. I think he's going to do a fantastic job. So, yeah, we have your, we're Aaron and Abby. You have your, your Egon, or, or not your Egon, but your, your Spangler and your, your Ray, I think, just because, right. like I said, for the pop, when you put pop parapsychology, you think of Ray. I think, I, and here's who I think it's going to be. I think Wig and McCarthy are going to be those two characters. I think Wig's going to be Aaron Gabler, and I think McCarthy's going to be Abby Bergman. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, even though she, Melissa McCarthy's in it, and I really kind of stay away from her movies because I know what to expect, I'm excited for this. I think I think that it's about time. And I do th- I do like that they're they're flipping the script and making it an all-female cast. I think that's yeah. actually, you know, way to make it original. I kind of wish they wouldn't call it Ghostbusters 3, though. Because it, it feels it, it, more it, like it, a restart. Yeah, it should be like Ghostbusters, whatever. Or just call it Ghostbusters if you want, you know? And it, I think you can it, even call it the all-new Ghostbusters or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, but Ghostbusters 3, it's not really a sequel. Yeah, uh, Jillian so as her partner, Abby's partner. I think that's going to be Kate McKinnon. And then Patty is the MTA employee. I think that's going to be Leslie Jones. Somebody's going to break out in this movie, and I think it's going to be Kate McKinnon. I really do. I, I, just, I, do I just think she's hugely underrated. I think Leslie Jones is going to be that kind of person. I think people are going to go and say, "Well, Kristen Wiig this," but I think Leslie Jones is going to break out. Like I said, I think Leslie Jones, she's going to be the uh, the what was it Winston? 
Yes. Character where yes. you know, he, you know, he's the onlooker, he sees what's going on, and he decides to join up. And it's not because they're both African-American, no. so stop it. Just stop it. That's not what we're saying. No. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And he kind of stole the show in his own right. He wasn't even in the first movie that we know that was supposed to be, we know that was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, right? Right. Exactly. So, and then he came in and he did a fantastic job on the rest is history. So, you know, that was stupid on Eddie Murphy's part. Although so, I really don't think it would have worked out with Eddie Murphy. And again, we did get the release date. It's July 22nd, 2016. Now another story, James involves us going to tombs and everything else. And we mentioned him earlier. Chris Pratt is being eyed for Indiana Jones. Yeah, and it looks like this is uh, starting to get a little serious. They're setting their sights on him. Of course, you know that it's the second Disney acquired Lucas Films that they were going to start rebooting Indiana Jones. So, well, mind you, well, actually, no. Disney bought the rights from Paramount in 2013. Oh, okay. So that's my. Mistake. I thought that was part of the whole Lucas. No, Films I, I trust. You, I, I was. I was. At, I was at the same thing. And then after reading, I'm like, okay, they bought the rights from Paramount. All right. Either way, Disney owns the world. I think we can just move on with that. But yeah. uh, uh, I think it's interesting. And my first question was not, and not that I don't think that this is a good idea. Does he have time for this? Right. You know, because Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have a sequel. He's got the Jurassic World movie which coming could, out, which, of course, depending on how his character does, or if his character is, you know, of course, still alive, still alive. You know, they can see he could be that part of that franchise. Um, Parks and Rec just wrapped up, I believe, or is yes, wrapping up. it's wrapping up this season. I think shooting is probably wrapping soon, though, so I don't think he'll have that on his plate anymore. I just worry that, I mean, I, I realize, you know, he's got the whole next big thing uh, attached to him right now, and, and I don't, I wouldn't blame him at all for grabbing everything that comes his way, but, right. I mean, scheduling conflicts are scheduling conflicts. Not only that, but you have to breathe, dude. Right. I mean, I and and I think that this could launch him into you know superstar. I mean, he could be the next uh, George Clooney level guy for all we know. I just think that I mean, it's an interesting cast. Is this is this one that you would say they nailed it, or are you looking at maybe somebody else for this? My only thing with Chris Pratt is that I don't want him to be that guy where he's in everything because yeah. at the point you kind of want somebody else. I would like to see you go with an unknown or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Disney's shown. They're not afraid of going unknown. I mean, look at like Star Wars. Grand, yes, they have the original cast there, but everybody else is mostly an unknown person. Check so, this out. Huh. I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, but think about this. What if Stephen Amell was Indiana Jones? Uh, I could see that. I don't know. That would be kind of interesting, though, wouldn't it? Disney property. What about what about Nathan Fillion? I knew you were going to say that. If Cody <laughs> was on the show, he would have cut us both <laughs> off and said it's Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion for everything. Well, I figure if, if he's not going to do an Uncharted movie, why the hell not be Indiana Jones? I, I understand. And, now, I, and I, well, I wouldn't be upset about that. I actually casting, think Nathan Fillion would work. Now, casting aside, where would you like to see him go with this? Because there was rumors that there's like three, they might go away. There's like three scripts that dealt like one dealt with aliens, that dealt, you know, and stuff like that. No more aliens. <laughs> uh, there's one that dealt like with a monkey king, I believe. Um, and then, you know, I wonder which way they were going to go with this. You know, like, are they going to go prequel? They're going to go the early, you know, uh, Indiana Jones kind of like when he's getting into the game. What are they just going to do? Just like, hey, he's there kind of thing. Honestly, I'd blow up the whole thing. Really, I'd I'd reboot it. I know I know that people are sick of reboots, but I just think that if you try to keep it in in inside itself and try and either start anew, you know, start from where you left off, or if you try and go backwards, too much stuff can go wrong. I'd blow up the whole thing. I'd reboot it, 
and I would do it all over again. I might even rename the character, which would probably tick a lot of people off. But I just don't see after how after how bad Crystal Skull was. Right. I don't think you even want to follow that, do you? Because then when you I mean, put a nuclear refrigerator and yeah, you gotta re, you gotta restart. I mean, even people are saying like that's just they need to do something, uh, you know, to to deviate away from that. And if you go back, I mean, how far back can you really go? What age would you give Chris Pratt's character? You know, Indiana Jones when the first movie has already started was already pretty damn young. So I mean, it's not like you can just re. I mean, you would have to make him like eighteen, and he can't play eighteen anymore. No, no, so. don't go young. No, they should not go young at all. They should not. They should go. Like Christian Bale with Batman, where he's like in his twenties, early thirties, kind of like that. Yeah, I just think that I I think if you blow up the whole thing, yeah, I think that's the better way to go. Yeah, I just think that if you start fresh, and you don't even need it to be the same character. Like I said, you could make a new character. I mean, Disney has no problem being bold either. By the way, breaking news: Marvel has casted uh, Rachel Taylor as Hellcat in Netflix's Jessica Jones. I saw that. That's going to be very interesting as well. If they make her Hellcat, they probably this is what they'll do. What this is what I think they're going to be doing with these series. I think they're going to start fresh. She's just going to be uh, Trish. I think the character's name is Trish something. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Trish Walker. There you go, Trish Walker. I think they're going to do the Trish Walker thing for a while. Then eventually, I think if the series you know catches on, or maybe even when it gets to the Defenders, then I think we might see. Uh, See Hellcat. So that's what we do here. We just we're very fluid. We check for breaking news. Bam, there it is. Wasn't yep. even on the rundown. Nope. Uh, so then, speaking of series and television, Fox has confirmed that's exploring X Men TV show, most likely going to be live action. They do have former Star Trek three screenwriting duo Patrick McKay and JD Payne, who are going to possibly pen the show uh, with twenty four producers Evan Katz and Manny Cotto on board as well. Now, here's the thing. People say, well, where are they going to go? They're not going to go the main X-Men team. Nope. They're probably going to go either X-Factor, which is the mutant detective agency, which is led by multiple man, um, or they're going to do something along the lines of following Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, a.k.a. the new mutants, which is like Glee, Xavier, but without the singing. See, and because this is, is this going to be on Fox? Do we know that for sure? Yes, they've confirmed that they're exploring a TV show. Because it's on Fox, I bet you that's the route that they go. Yeah. Because that's classic Fox. I would actually like to see them go with the former idea. I think, well, I think the fact is, remember, CBS has had how many Law and Orders, how many, you know, CSIs? CSIs, a lot. So it went, even though they have Gotham on there, remember, this is still a Marvel property. So Mar- it's what they're pretty much waiting on is just Marvel to say yes. Um, is... Uh, I think they're going to go with the detective age. I think they're going to go with the X Factor because you got Gotham. They're, it's hot now. Look at the shows they're on. Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gotham. You know, they're going that detective route. You know, it's Even, funny because people rag on cop shows all the time and said that there's so many of them and so many detective shows. Guess what? You're watching them. Yeah. So that's why they keep popping up just like reality shows. You want and, reality shows to go away? Stop watching them. Right. And remember the last time x was on TV was on Fox was when the animated show ended in 97. Yes, and that was maybe one of the best animated series ever. Best opening for an animated show ever. Best oh, theme definitely. ever. Definitely. No question about it. I mean, only only Batman the animated series even comes close. Yeah. As so, far as best theme. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on this, James? Would you like to see it? Where would you like to see him go with the X-Men? Would you like... And also... Since it's Fox, remember, they do have the rights to the X-Men film franchise. Would you like to see them maybe tie this to the After Age of Apocalypse? 
Um, I mean, I think you could do that, but then there's the whole, can you actually get those actors to come on those shows? And, you know, there's appearance numbers in these deals and stuff too. So would that cut down on, on an appearance number? Uh, maybe they do what uh, agent Carter's done and you splice in uh, little bits and pieces of the movies into the show as, as like a flashback or a memory kind of thing. Um, or you reference it. I think that they'll, they'll do some of that. Um, I actually would like to, I mean, I think either way. I think that you'd uh, have something to build on with either of those possibilities. I'm just excited to get the X-Men back on TV again, and I'm excited to try and introduce a new group of comic book movie fans to some lesser-known X-Men characters that are actually pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And then our final story deals with comics, James. And Zelda. Zelda comics are coming back. Viz Media announced on Monday that they plan to release a collected edition of Shotaro... Ishinomori's The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past comics, which were basically about the game, but they weren't. Like They, they, they were only in right. name. They deviated away from the game itself. Uh, the uh, A Link to the Past comics, which were originally, they were printed in Nintendo Power Magazine back in 1992, uh, and they're going to be released on May 5th, so they're very much reprinting them. So my question to you, James, is other than, because we both know this is an awesome thing, yeah. what video game comics would you like to see? Oh, boy. I remember Nintendo Power fondly. Oh, so do I. But I do not remember these comics, because I'm not sure if I was still getting Nintendo Power then. Uh, let me see. I don't think you could really do a Mario comic. No, and I know that's what people are going to jump to is a Mario comic. Because that it doesn't make sense. I would like to see a Contra comic. Oh, you know what? Just popped into my head. Castlevania. Yes! Boom. That would be the perfect video game comic adaptation in my mind because it's hot right now you still got the whole you know the whole vampire thing is still kind of hot right now the whole monsters thing is still very hot you could easily do a castlevania comic and you could make it edgy too which right. is very cool well, we also have you know turok is, is out already at mortal Kombat. we're thinking i think we're gonna see more of this you know i think we're gonna see more video game comics being made and there's a there's definitely uh, people who are gonna go get them again I would love to see a, com- a Contra uh, game, uh, comic. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm actually surprised there's not already a Last of Us comic. Yeah, yeah. You know, as some sort of here's what happened. Here's what happened at the end of the game. Here's where it picks up. Or uh, even before doing a prequel type comic. I'm just surprised that no. I mean, they did it for Tomb Raider. I'm, I'm very surprised. surprised that they haven't done it for Last of Us. You know, comic. I love to see a Battletoads comic. Oh yes, please. You know, Microsoft keeps teasing us about Battletoads. They just had a, a meeting when they were doing their Windows Seven meet. I mean, Windows Ten meeting. They had a little Battletoads tease in there. So they've got there's something's going. Something's going on with Battletoads. Something's going on with Battletoads, but. Hey, let us know on our Facebook page which kind of video game comics you want to see. Just post on there. We'll reply to you and everything else. But coming up next is our main topic where we talk about freemium gaming and DLC. You won't want to miss it. More Down Nerdy coming up next. Well, if you've got any smart device, be it a tablet or a phone, chances are you've got a couple games on there. But do you know what freemium gaming is? And is it really free? So we're going to talk about freemium games and DLCs this week. And Nick, I mean, let's let people know if they don't know what freemium gaming is, let them know. What is it? Freemium gaming is a pricing strategy by which a product or service, typically a digital offering or application such as software, media, games, or web services, is provided free of charge, but money, in parentheses, but premium, is charged for proprietary features, proprietary features, functionality, or virtual goods. Pretty much what it means is you play it like a South Park episode you're playing a game 
And in order to get more coins, you pay 49 cents that goes towards your cell phone bill to get more coins. Or, hey, Candy Crush, I need more lives. We pay X amount of dollars, you get more lives. Or even like in some games now, like mostly like uh, mobile games, to unlock this level, pay this money. And you do. And it's addicting, man. It's like, I don't do it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get freemium gaming, but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like gambling. It's just, it's, yep. it's just very addicting. And sooner or later, people realize too. That's the thing too, is people don't realize, okay, okay, you pay 49 cents for this, whatever for that. And you think, okay, whatever, but you got to realize that's going tacked on your bill. Like Stan's yep. dad's like, Stan, what the fuck? You spent $20,000 on uh, uh, Canada dough? Yeah, it's really weird. Now, I will say that I've played a couple of these. I played the the Simpsons Tapped Out. I was right. playing that, and I played uh, Batman the Arkham Origins uh, freemium game that they have out. Right. The Simpsons one is very much like that um, that Canada episode, uh, the, uh, the, ter- the freemium episode. It was like, of, it was like the Terrence and Philip game. Exactly. I mean, you you know you bu- you have to rebuild Springfield because Springfield was wiped out, and now there are certain stuff that you can do. You know, you're playing for free. There's certain stuff that you can do for free. You know, you build up money by doing tasks and stuff like that. You get the money to buy the stuff. Now, to do it faster, you get donuts, which is the Uh, can of dough. And basically, you pay for the donuts. Never paid for a donut in my life. Yeah. They get and and just like that episode, they give them to you for free to kind of entice you. Like, well, you're at eleven donuts now. If you had twenty, you could build this now. And it's like, really? Come on, man. Now here's something I I did. And, you know, I pl- I'm a big sports gamer. Like, I play a lot of games. Most I play sports games. And NBA 2K has this thing called My Career where you can develop a guy. But it takes, yep. you know, coins, of course, and, and VP, you know, experience points to, to get your guy up and your, your attributes up. So you can purchase coins like you can, or, or, and, you, to, you know, and attribute points. To get your guy up faster, instead of having to play through a season where you're mostly riding the bench, or you're like a 65, and then you know, you, you know, by the end of the year you're only like a 70, and you're still yeah. whatever. So I have, I don't do it anymore, but I in the past I have purchased at least once, uh, like a thing of like coins or like that, and and uh, to get my guy, you know, an all star mode faster. And it's the thing. So I mean, at that point, it's like once you once I reach that certain point where I'm like, okay, I'm all 99 or whatever. I don't need to. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of money. I was probably you know 10 bucks if that, you know. But they give you a lot though. And there was like I had some leftovers. You can like buy certain clo- things and everything like that for your right. for the game and everything else. I mean, I understand. Basically, what they're doing is they're capitalizing on today's "I want it now" society. Yes, things are so much instant. You know, like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. And I'm not comparing the two. I'm just using them as an example of things where you can get it now. On demand is the newest thing, and if you want to, you know, build up your game quickly, you spend a little money and it goes a little faster. And I can tell you from experience with the Simpsons game, because like I said, I never spent a dime on it, unless you were playing it. Almost all the time, it took forever to do anything, and even then it did. So it got to the point where you get so frustrated where it's like, you know, it almost makes you want to buy the stuff, and I'm so cheap, I wouldn't do it. But, but then, then you're... I finally just stopped playing it all together because it's like, this is a waste of time. But then you remember those games like SimCity, you could just go out and buy, and just, there you go. You don't have to worry about that stuff anymore, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, with freemium, it's like, like I said, it gets to be very addictive. I know people who play freemium games, and they, you know, buy stuff or whatever like that it's like it's like you 
just stop. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, put the phone down. You know, you don't need to. The thing is, people don't realize, like, okay, you, okay, so you say you put the phone down, but and, and you go to a computer and play computer games. You know, like, for example, Candy Crush, there is a game on, what was it, it used to be free, or JavaArcade.com or whatever like that, and it was called Collapse, and it was just mm-hmm. like Candy Crush, but with blocks. And you know what I'm talking about. And Bejeweled, it was just, Bejeweled is very similar, too. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's 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 like, I don't need to pay for this. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, but the problem now I've seen, this is going to kind of transition a little bit into from that, uh, are games with DLC. For right. example, um, Battlefield 3, look at this, okay, the game was $60. Now they had an Unlock Everything DLC, so you didn't have to play the multiplayer to unlock all the guns, all the armor, everything. That was $40. So you're spending a hundred dollars for a game. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't do that. It's like to me, it's not important, you know. And then there was one game called The Serves Wrath. Uh, it was made by Capcom, and what they did was and this is what we're gonna get to next. This is very interesting. Uh, they took the last five chapters of the game and put them behind a paywall. So if you wanted to, wow. The whole, yeah. So if you wanted the whole story, you had to pay an additional seven dollars to finish a, the game. That is a dick move, man. Yeah. That is not cool at all. That wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I mean, that's my next thing: is are we getting to the stage? Like, how far are we from developers and CEOs of these gaming companies saying, you know what? Let's put these certain things behind the paywall and have people pay. Can you imagine playing Arkham Knight and like? In order to see who the Arkham Knight is, you have to pay an additional whatever to face him and have that final fight. I would be so mad, dude. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, I understand. I mean, games are already expensive enough as it is. I mean, freemium gaming, that's one thing. If you spend like five bucks to get a certain thing because the game right. is free. And then even if you get to like the $30 mark, it's it, to me, it's still dumb. But I could see that happening. You already paid, let's say, 60 bucks minimum. Yeah. For this game, depending on maybe you got the deluxe version or something like that, maybe a little bit more. If you get to the point where you're spending $100 for a game, you remember consoles used to cost about, you know, not necessarily $100, but more like the $150, $200 range. You're almost getting to the point where you're paying as much for a game as you used to for a console. It's like, seriously? I mean, I know DLCs are, you know, they're just part of gaming now, but I think it should be like any other add-on. I think that, you know, and it should be an incentive to pre-order. I like the way that they were doing that with, like, the Arkham Arkham Asylum and even Arkham City. You pre-order it, and you get the you get the Catwoman DLC, or you get the Harley Quinn or the Joker DLC, something like that. So, I like the way that they were doing that, but now, like you said, we're transitioning into, okay, you want to finish the game? It's going to cost you ten more bucks. Yeah, right? It's just, ah... I hope we don't get to that stage where we're at that stage where we're paying for like this. Because as soon as they do that, dude, I'm done playing video games. Yeah, you, you, and you tell you what, they better tell you going in. Because if you're playing it and you find it out once you get that far, I don't, I, I don't even want to be around. Well, for here's that the thing, push. though. In the world, this is where I think the 24-hour news cycle helps a lot. Because, okay, IGN, they get a copy of the game. They're going to be the first people or GameSpot or whomever to say, hey, you get to a certain point in the game, you got to pay to finish it. Yeah, and they'll be pissed, too. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I downloaded uh, Pac-Man on my tablet, you know, just for the hell of it, because, you know, right. it's there, I travel and sometimes the, I need, I wanted something to play. So I'm playing it, and it was free. 
And I've been playing it for about five minutes or so. And then it just shuts itself off right in the middle. Like, what the hell? And it said, to buy, you must, to continue, you must buy the free version. I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me right now? Trial, it's like a time trial version where it only lets you go to like the first level. I mean, granted, it's like a demo, but still, it's just the idea of like, really? Like, it's... uh, Now, granted, I had, I ended up getting an account credit on my uh, Amazon account for something else that I bought. So I just used the credit to buy the full version of the game, which was like two bucks. Right. But uh, it was still the, and there was no warning. It's not like it even told me that that was going to happen. It would be different if it was just like the same two levels that just looped and you could just keep playing. But this was like, no, your five minutes are up, Jack. You got to stop playing unless you want the free version. It's like, come on, man. It's kind of like having, it's like when you're having sex with a prostitute. Okay. And now I don't know this personally, but I, 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 <laughs> thank you for clearing that up. But it's like having sex with a prostitute. It's just okay. You can do this. We can do this. That's one thing. But then you say, "Oh, can I like touch here or there?" And it's like, "Okay, oh, yeah, you can." But that's an extra like twenty dollars. It's like as soon, sooner than later. It's like you know what? I'm just gonna go to the bar and just try my luck. So what you're saying is, is that at some point, all freemium games will have pimps. Pretty much. <laughs> they already do, pretty much. I mean You gotta buy more coins, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get that this is where we've we've gotten to with, with video games. And there's so many. I mean I just looked you go to any app store, I don't care if it's Amazon's or the Google Play Store or even the iTunes app store, there's just so many games and a lot of like there's like bastard versions of Mario up there now. It's like Super Steve or something. Right. I mean and 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 it's all freemium gaming. And like you said, it's getting to the point where I mean Arkham Origins, the uh the the mobile game there. They have the same so you know you want to upgrade your bat suit. Well, if you get these little marks, you got to pay. And I'll tell you this right now, and anybody that's played it, the ultimate freemium game in existence right now is DC Universe Online. Yeah. Which is one of the most amazing free games I've ever played in my life. Don't get me wrong, but to advance your character, there's these things called Marks of Triumph and there's all kinds of other different kinds of marks and that's how you upgrade your suits to be able to go into better battles. Not only do you have, can you pay for these Marks of Triumphs to again upgrade your character faster, but they not on top of that, they have DLCs for that game as well that you could pay for to add on extra missions. So they're getting it from both sides. They're doing the DLCs and the freemium aspect to get even more money. Right. And it's just like, I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, this whole thing with freemium gaming and just DLC. And the thing is like DLC, I don't buy like, you know, there's DLC like, Oh, certain skins or certain this, you know, whatever. And that, and people got to realize too, is that there's a difference between DLC and pre-ordering games. Like that's why I don't like a lot. And like, like to me, it's not, I don't like it, but it's not like they're making you pay it. For right. example, like Mortal Kombat X in order to get Garo, you have to pre-order it. That's not as bad. You just put, all it takes is $5, put that down. There you go. You got the pre-order. I mean, that's an incentive though. To me, that's, that's, an that's an incentive to pre-order. I actually don't mind that at all. But the thing is, people confuse that with like freemium gaming, though. Right. They, they, like they outrage. I'm like, dude, it's it's just an incentive. Like, right. don't have to worry. Um, you don't have to pre-order the game either. No. I mean, come on. You you have the option to buy it when it comes out. You don't have to pre-order it. If you right. don't want Goro, don't pre-order the game. Right. But my thing is just you know, with DLC, it's like that's just use. Like that's it's mostly useless. I'm sorry, but it's mostly useless. 
It's a, it's a reason for them to make more money off of a game that's old to me. Yeah. It, once you've played the game, you beat the game. Like, I loved playing Tomb Raider. I loved it, but I'm finished with it. If they wanted to add something where you could do side missions after the fact, not interested. I finished already. I don't really care. It's right. different. Now, Arkham City, I, I didn't realize that I was finishing the game as quickly as I did, and I didn't do a lot of the side arcs in that game, so I am going to go back and do that, but it's stu- it's already part of the game. I don't have to pay for it. Right. I'll tell you one more thing I miss, and I want to get your take on this. Okay. Remember in games where you could do certain things or reach certain milestones in a game where you would unlock characters? Right. Or unlock maps? You know, like if you beat... If you beat a game in, uh, like, say, let's say, like, you finish this level in 15 minutes, and we'll give you this character, or you'll unlock this stage of a map. Whatever happened to that? It was like, okay, there was a game for a Dreamcast called Raider Rumble Boxing Round Two. It was a second game, of course. And if you after you beat the game, the main boss his name is Rumble Man. It's very much Michael Buffer, Hulk version of that. And you beat the game, you unlock Rumble Man, and you can play as him. And it's awesome. Uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because of the whole concept art and everything else. Go back to Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. And this is, I think, one of the, this is, I think the best uh, the game that has the best unlockable content. They had what was called the Crypt. So you get, you know, certain sapphire rubies and stuff like that mm-hmm. by doing things like test your, say, like mini games during the arcade part, like test your site, test your might. And each thing had us, even do training modes, okay, you compete this part of the training mode, you get this many coins of this type of variety. You go into the crypt, you can, and it's just rows, like A through Z, mm-hmm. rows of coffins. And you know what's in them. So you go spend money on it, and it'll open up, you open up one coffin, and you get another level. Like you can unlock an arena. Uh, you open up another coffin, and you get concept art. You open up another coffin, you get an, you unlock a character. And then you would unlock, and there's another one where you would unlock a coffin, and you would get like a like a short behind the scenes video of the making of Deadly Alliance. That's very cool. I mean, there there are still some games to do that. I know a lot of the WWE games were like that, where if you go into the challenge mode and if you complete all the stages that they set for you, the challenge mode, you can unlock characters or you can unlock certain title belts. I know that even uh, Injustice Gods Among Us. If you uh, do certain things and build up certain points, you unlock, you know, different skins for your character and stuff like that. So I think games like that, that and Injustice, I think, is a good example because they have a lot of that incentive-based stuff that's based on gameplay. But they do also have, you know, if you want to you pay an extra five bucks, you can add General Zod right. to the game or something like that. So I guess I don't mind it as much if you're giving me the option to be able to unlock stuff for free the way it used to be just based on good gameplay right and that's the thing is like you look at that i say that's what i missed but again we were companies already know that people are going to pay for these types of you know gaming and certain things extras you know all these bells and whistles so they're gonna of course charge people for that because people are going to pay you know i doubt and I, i'm sorry but i never see i don't see a day where people say you know what, we're just not gonna no everybody just stops gaming everybody stops doing this Going back to my previous comment when I said if they do put the paywall stuff up for all the games then, and I said I'm done with gaming, I'm done with console gaming as far as stuff like that, you know, and adventure games and stuff, which would be sad. I was just sick of my sports games, you know? Well, there's so much of a back catalog of games, too. It's not like you yeah. can go back and play other games. There's so many other video games. Like It's like comics. If you if you go to Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards of Virginia Beach, you go see Bob, there's a comic you don't like, a new comic... 
like, let's take Fantastic Four for an example. Let's say you didn't like the new Fantastic Four comics. We were talking about that earlier, or the movie. There is so many Fantastic Four comics in the back catalog that you can go read that you will probably enjoy more. That's the point of having a large catalog, and video games are the same way. Like, for whatever reason, if you don't like Mortal Kombat X, can't imagine why you wouldn't, because it looks awesome. But there's nine other Mortal Kombat games, not even including DC versus uh, Mortal Kombat uh, that game. So there's options there. But you know what kills me is that where's the pride, man? I mean, you used to play video games to try and accomplish things, you know, for good gameplay. Where's the reward for good gameplay anymore? This is like everybody gets a trophy, but for video games, as long as you've got cash, you can advance. You don't have to be good at a game necessarily. You could just buy all of this stuff and you don't need to get anywhere. So it's kind of like going back to like Mega Man. You know, I used to watch my buddies play Mega Man. I used to suck at that game. My buddy, I had a friend who, he was really good at it. So I go over to his house. He had all the, the gadgets, all the extras, everything else. Because he, of course, got farther than I did. But it was just one of those things, you know, where it's like, it was enough to where you, uh, it made you want to like, Go home and try harder. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, exactly. It's like, you know what? Screw this. I can do the same thing that this guy can do. I'm going to go back. And Mega Man's one of the most frustrating games ever. Yeah. It was so hard. It's just sometimes the controller... I don't care what anybody says. Sometimes the controllers just didn't work the way they were supposed to. <laughs> when there was that particular game, and I don't know why, but I, that's, ex- that's a great point, especially if it was like a sibling or a cousin or something, or like one of your good friends, because... There's always friendly competition there. You want to do just as good as they did. So you're like, screw that. I'm going to go home. I'm going to play Mega Man until I pass out so I can do this stuff and be just as good as he is. I totally agree with that. Right. Now, here's the thing. You look at, you know, freemium gaming. Of course, you're paying for extras and everything else. And, you know, what for you is that line that you just won't cross? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like. Is it once, like, for example, we already talked about, would you, if you, if you got, if you were playing a game and there was a paywall or something like that, would you pay to finish that game? Because you know if you don't finish it, you can't really return it, or you're going to return it for what right. you got drastically less for. So are you going to, would you pony up the extra cash to finish the game, or would you just say, fuck it? Here's why I wouldn't. But this is just me. First of all, I'm, I'm cheap, so that, that would play a role. Second of <laughs> all, the way I see it is like, okay, so... I'm paying to do this. Am I going to have to pay again in 15 minutes to do something else? Because let's face it, in video games nowadays, you don't even really know when it's the end anymore. Right. I mean, t- Tomb Raider, I thought, could have ended four or five times. Yeah. And and I and I thought, okay, this is it. No, there's still another, like, five hours left kind of thing. Yep. So I would know that if I paid $5, $10 that in another 10 or 15 minutes, I'm not going to have to pay. It's like a pay phone. Kids, that actually used to exist. You used to go to a go to a store, there'd be a phone outside, you'd put your quarter in, and you'd get like 10 minutes to talk to somebody, and if it ran out, you'd have to put another quarter in. To me, it's like that. You don't know when you might have to put that other quarter in. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that, 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 that underlying factor of the unknown. Like, okay, so if I pay for this level... What's to say, hey, we got these extra more levels that are coming out, and you can pay for these as well. It's like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, uh, to me, it's just, I won't pay that kind of stuff. Like, I'm, I, like I said, I mentioned I paid the stuff for my NBA 2K game, but I don't do that anymore. Like, that was, like, a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, like, now, 
it's just okay. I can have the patience. That's the thing. Is just having that patience. People don't have that patience. I think if people had the patience, um, they wouldn't do the DLC. They wouldn't, you know, whatever. You know, that's the thing. I mean, it's different if if you if it's a really good game, you loved it, and you want more. And there's extra levels that you can play. If you love it that much and you've got the cash to spare, knock yourself out. But we don't thing- want you to not do something you love, but at the same time, it's it's when you're being forced to do something. But the thing is, too, is when you look at it, how much has it been really worth? Like you said, you know, for example, look at look at Arkham City, Cold Cold Heart, and uh, the Harley Quinn thing. Which well, neither, was- neither of which I bought, by the way. Right. So what did I do? I of course. Did this like we did during the PewDiePie episode? I said I go on YouTube and I watch the walkthroughs. Yep. And I look at them like these just aren't good. I think they're. I think a lot of times they're rushed. Yeah. Honestly, I think that these are are rushed add-ons that they that they're trying to use to get more money, and it's not going to be as good as the game that they took painstaking years to code and put out. These add-ons are typically done at the last minute or after the game's released, and they're put out what maybe a month, two months after the fact. Yeah. So they were rushed for a game that had some success or that they thought might have some success. And I think that what you're getting is a lower level version of what you just played because they wanted to get it out into the market while they didn't strike while the iron was hot. Okay, so closing our conversation about freemium gaming, if you had your own freemium game, what kind of game would it be? I think I, I think it would be kind of cool to do a comic book shop freemium game. You know how they have like Diner Dash? Right. And stuff like that where you wait on so many tables. Well, you have the customer. It's like, you know, you have customers come in. You have to restock your new comics before customers come in and, and set up certain things. I think that that would be cool to do like a uh, like a comic book shop game based on like the Diner Dash concept. Right. And where, where I'd be the, you know, I'd be Mr. I'd be Bob at Fantasy Escape. I'd be the comic shop owner. If you had a name or comic book shop, what would it be? Oh, God. A- Ace of Comics? Yeah, probably. Or Ace Comics, something like that. You know, kind of like Ace Chemicals, Ace Comics. Uh-huh. I think that that would work. You know, because you got to have the Batman tie-in, just like Bob's got his uh, Batman neon sign right there at the front that you could see from space. If I had my own freemium game, it would be build your own cybernetic arm. And then you just have – it would be like, a, it'd be like an adventure <laughs> nice. game. It would be like an event. It would be like what it would be. It would be like a swinging game, kind of like a time, you know, like a time tapping game. And you would have to, at the beginning, you had to, you'd be missing your right arm, and you would have to build your own cyborg arm thing that could, you know, latch on to stuff. So it's kind of like cut the rope kind of thing. Kind of. That's one of the freemium games, cut the rope. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That would be interesting. But would would you have it like be built over time? Like the further you get. The more you can, the more of the arm that you can build, and the no, and the goal, it, and the goal is to build it before you get to a certain point. For example, like you would build it; it would already have some unlockable parts already, but you can upgrade it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can there upgrade you it to like, uh, like for example, uh, to a certain level, you can upgrade to a better hook, uh, which would enable you to not have to tap as fast. They give you a longer mm. tap time, pretty much, so you wouldn't be uh, you would have like two seconds to jump to the next thing, you would have like five or six, you know? Yeah, there you go. See, I like that. I like yeah. that. You've already got that cash money in mind. We might have to start working on that. <laughs> we so, so if we had a down and nerdy freemium game, what would what would we do with that? Um, would it be, like, would we have a level like where I just beat up Captain Planet or something? 
It'd be like, yeah, we have that one. Then I have one like, a, like a, a chasing game where like you're running away from Joe Casada. Where you, where you sit there and, and Sonic scream at Superior Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> where Cody, uh, where Cody gets to yell at uh, Hugh Jackman. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, we've already got levels in mind. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Why would you be like? See, this, it's like, uh, uh, no. It would instead of beating up Captain Planet, it would be like you would have to find, like, steal all the Planeteer's rings. Or I could just throw trash at him. You could throw trash mm-hmm. at, or drop drop trash in front of him and walk away and watch him cry like that Indian from the commercial like thirty years <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you God. pick it up. You pick it up. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Down Dirty again. February twenty fifth, seven p.m. at Dan Buster's and Lynn Haven Down and Dirty live for our fiftieth episode. Don't forget you also reach us out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Down Nerdy. I'm at Merc with one arm, James. I'm at James Ace Witham. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. And we want to get your emails, fan questions. We're looking forward to taking your fan questions at Dave and Buster's on February the 25th. But you can email them to us anytime, downandnerdypodcast at gmail.com. The 25th of February, that's going to be a Wednesday, Down and Nerdy Live, 7 p.m., Dave and Buster's at Lynn Haven. So we'll see you there, and you know we're expecting a big turnout too. Yeah, we're expecting a huge turnout. Mike Federal is going to be there to update us on stuff that's going up with Tidewater Comic Con, and who knows what kind of surprises that we're going to build up to then. And we'll actually have some prizes too, Dave and Buster's power cards and all kinds of stuff like that. You're you're not going to want to miss this. I'm telling you, it's going to be a big blowout for our 50th episode. Exactly. And that being said, I'm going to leave you with this piece of advice I do every week: pray safe, comic book reading, everybody. Always bag and board your comics. <laughs>